Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right, here are your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. Today's sponsor is Hero Cosmetics. They sent us over the Mighty Patch, which is a hydrocolloid acne patch. Wait, I actually had a monster pimple pop up last night. So I stuck on my Mighty Patch original overnight, and this morning when I woke up, it was totally flat. I know, these definitely work. If you want to try a Mighty Patch for yourself, use the code thisgirllife 15 for 15% off herocosmetics.com. We are back with episode 60, the big six zero. We made it. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean, every episode I feel like is a milestone for us. We're just like trying and to make like it. I feel like when you hit those big numbers, you know, it's like a big deal. Yeah. We'll just celebrate big time when we hit 100. Oh, yeah. For sure. And by 100, we both won't be pregnant, thank God, and so we can actually celebrate. Oh, let's both open champagne and then you know. Yes. It'll be fantastic. Get a little buzz on. I miss being a little buzzed. <laughs> I was pulling out of that the other day. I was like, I'm so fun when I'm kind of buzzed. You are really fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I get really touchy feely and giggly and I'm just in fun. And I was like, I haven't felt fun in a while and I'm ready to feel fun again. I know. I'm, I miss a good, just like, just a good cocktail. I don't know. Like it's just <sighs> like that refreshing feeling. Maybe we sound like alcoholics, but I well, if anything cocktail. has made me feel like an alcoholic, it's quarantine and pregnancy. Like how much I miss drinking. <laughs> like it's on your mind all the time. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not the only ones out there because I wrote a mocktail post on my blog a couple of days ago and I had so many people who were like, Thank God for mocktails. It's the only thing getting me through blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm like, I know, I feel you. Well, we do have a lot going on. I mean, you're about to pop in like three weeks. It's literally three weeks from today, guys. It's exciting. <laughs> That's it. That's all you get. That's where Kristen's at right now. That's where I would be at too. Because. I mean, did that come real fast? Felt like it came really fast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say out of. Yeah. Your pregnancy did. It just kind of like flew by. Yeah. So. Faster than mine. That's how I feel. Like. I feel like your pregnancy is happening faster than mine. Okay. Well, I got pregnant on Halloween. So when I say that, it feels like I've been pregnant for seven years. Okay. That's true. When you like really think about it. But it did go fast. Like I agree. Yep. I even agree. though you were in quarantine, somehow it went fast. So that's good. I would agree. Yeah. And you're literally moving like tomorrow. I'm like, everyone's freaking out about COVID, and I'm like about to jump on a plane and go across the country <laughs> to find a house. I'm literally in Virginia right now, Whoa. you know, as this airs, trying to find a house in two days. Okay. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Welcome to being a military family. Like, I'm like you have two days. It's a challenge. Go. Like, it is. Like, you should be on a TV show. Yeah, seeing tw- literally, I said, "How many houses have you shown in one day?" She's like, 12. We can do it." I'm just like, "Wow!" I better pack some effing snacks. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna need snacks. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of hangry. I mean, cause think about it. It's money. It's right. 
you know, my husband being like, oh, I can totally fix that. And I'd be like, you're never going to fix that shit. I know. Like, we don't have time. So you go into a house and he's like, it's not going to be perfect. And I'm like, I hate that. No, there have been perfect houses, but we've missed them because we haven't been there. Like, it's been a frustrating. House hunting is so frustrating. I know, but... I feel like you like watch house hunters and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so glamorous. And they're like, we have a $7 million budget and I like crochet bananas for a living. And I am a part-time stay-at-home dad. And I'm like, how do you have a $7 million budget? And the the girl's like, I want colonial. And the guy's like, no, I want modern, like the one opposite. story. Right. Total Literally. opposite. And she's like, I want everything to be individual rooms. He's like, I want the whole house to be an open floor plan. And you're like, you're going to get divorced at the end of this. But they always gonna... end up finding something. And then, <laughs> and yeah, I know. And oh, it's gosh. like diamond in the rough in their $7 million budget that just happens to hit all the things. It's like a colonial one story. And you're like, where did you find this? Like, I wish I had a crochet business that would allow me a $7 million <laughs> house. But I think that's always the best. They're like, so what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a part-time stay-at-home dad. And I make $7 million a year. And I'm like, what? You must be good at investing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see what you find. I know. I know. Me too. We're we're excited because being in California, like what you can get in California versus what you can get in Virginia is totally different. So we are excited. And this is big because also I I told you earlier, I haven't ever left Blakely. Right. She's four. And many people will think, you crazy mom. But I just never, like, my husband's the one always leaving. Like, yeah. not in a bad way, but deployed. So, right. you know, I don't, I don't get that opportunity. We haven't gotten that opportunity to leave. So I'm having, like, major anxiety. I think you're going to be anxious until you, like, are in the swing of things there. And you're, like, doing what you're doing. And you're, like, sitting at dinner with your husband. And you're, like, wow, this is kind of nice. Like, Obviously, you don't want to do it every day, but, like, it's nice every once in a while to just, yeah. like, have a minute. But, again, you're pregnant and you can't take Xanax. So Ooh. here I am flying during a pandemic. I don't like flying. And then <laughs> then I'm pregnant. You can't take Xanax. So it's like, <laughs> this is going to be no alcohol, guys. <laughs> Anyways, so it's going to be a fun weekend. And I, when we find the house, you can look on my Instagram. I'm sure I'll be Instagramming everything probably doing it wait. as we speak you can check right now so. <laughs> i can't wait to see it yeah um can and you... i'll just be over here waddling around because i can't move because i'm so humongous you waddle your little tush until that baby comes out last night guys we got home from quinny's swim class and she was like kind of in a full bowl meltdown meltdown because she swims at six she goes to bed at seven so by the time we got home like 6 45 it's like quick snack she's our you know she still had her swim diaper on and I'm holding her and she's peeing and swim diapers. As you guys know, if you have kids, they suck. Like they don't hold pee in at all. No. And it's leaking. And Adam's like, she's not peeing. She never pees out of her diaper. I'm like, yes, she is. Swim diapers suck. So I'm like, just set her down and let her finish peeing on like the kitchen floor because I don't want to like bring her up the stairs and have pee everywhere. Right. And so we set her down. She like looks at us like, what is happening? Finish peeing. And then I had a moment is she peeing or did my water break? And then I'm like feeling myself, which is TMI. (laughs) But I'm like, maybe because I was holding her, I thought it was her, but it's actually me. It wasn't. Good. But then all last night I had water breaking dreams all night. Yeah. Where like 
I thought I was peeing in the bed. And so I went to the bathroom eight times last night, guys, because I was so afraid that I was going to pee in the bed. Oh, my gosh. That's nuts. Yeah. Honestly, though, yeah. I... Adam was like, why did you get up so many times last night? Because I'm terrified of peeing in the bed. Yeah, I would be I would be terrified, too. But whenever you say water breaking, all I can think of is cone heads when her water breaks and literally, <laughs> like, swooshes out the door. That's, like, what yes. I imagine it. But... Um, and have- when mine broke with Quinny, it was me getting out of bed in the morning. Like, I stood up and I was like, oh, yeah. hi. PTSD. Yeah, a little. Around a little. the bed. Around everything. <laughs> <laughs> and my bed's like my sacred spot. Like, I'm not one of those people that could deliver in my bed because then I could never sleep in it again. So if I peed or my water broke in it, I would have a hard time. People deliver in their bed? Oh, <sighs> Quinny. Yeah. Okay, maybe we talk Got about it. this on our episode of delivery. Yeah. Next week, we're doing a full podcast, guys, on vaginal deliveries, C-section, random questions. Maybe we'll even cover bad deliveries. <laughs> what the fuck? Random places to deliver. <laughs> I know two people off the top of my head that have had bed in their master bedroom bed deliveries. I'm speechless. Like, I'd have to get rid of my mattress. I don't even understand. Well, and I I believe how that works is you put a waterproof thing on it. You know, you take off a lot of the bedding. But I couldn't look at it the same. After knowing what happens down there, not a chance. Yeah, no. Hey, I guess more power to you. So, whatever. (laughs) That's for next week, though. So, next week. For everything delivery next week, guys. This week, we have Lauren Powell on. And you guys... (laughs) I was introduced to her via one of our best friends. And if you have not found her on Instagram or Facebook, you need to check her out right now. She's she hilarious. is so <laughs> funny. She's a lifestyle comedian. And she had a really cool background. She started in social media, made crazy amounts of videos for the company she worked for, and then was like, hey, I'm really good at this. I'm going to do it on my own. And so she prides herself on making these hilarious videos at the expense of her husband, or sometimes he joins in. I mean, like drinking, seeing how much Merlot she can drink before she gets to a BAC of 0.08, sketch comedy, lifestyle. Guys, she's so freaking funny and just like really down to earth. Super down to earth. But she's – why – like besides her being super funny, why we wanted her on is because she is in an avenue, like in a section of social media that is blowing up right now. And I think it's going to blow up in the end of 2020, 2021, this like – content creation through videos and like kind of sketch comedy and so i we wanted to pick her brain on that and she really gives us a lot of great insider info and tips and just like what she's learned so um we hope you love this episode and again let us know um on instagram and on our review on itunes what you're thinking and feeling we always love to hear from you Okay, guys, we have viral star Lauren Powell on, and I cannot wait to talk viral star. That sounds like something kind of naughty. Viral <laughs> video star. <laughs> Let's start that over. Guys, we have Lauren. It's exciting. I want to talk about how you get into this because I was listening to you on a podcast earlier, and you went to school in North Carolina, correct? South yeah. Carolina. North Carolina. And then you moved to LA, actress, screenwriter, goals, started working for Fox Digital, doing YouTube. Tell us how you even get there and how you even decide, like, this is the route I want to take. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. Well, 
I think, you know, when I was a kid, I thought I would always be an actress. And I even right now kind of feel like I'm channeling the Olsen twins in this like backwards hat pigtail thing. Um, you kind of like, are in with the choker. Totally. Yeah. Oh, girl, choker and choker. Totally. Me, me too. Twinsy. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, so like, I always wanted to be an actress and then it was like, okay, well now you have to go to college. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get a degree in acting that I are, I already can act, you know, this is so <laughs> naive to be like, why do I need to be trained? You know? And so I was like, well, let me get a degree in something in case the acting thing doesn't work out. And so then I chose screenwriting. And, uh, cause I was always like, I did a lot of like competitive script skits in high school and blah 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 so then went screenwriting and then when I came to LA I honestly thought I was gonna like hit the ground go like auditions and I got so intimidated being this like blonde like 22 year old when I first got to LA that like I didn't I was too intimidated to go to auditions and I kind of was just uh decided to do the like to try to do the like Amy Poehler Tina Fey thing which is write your own part and then be in it. <laughs> so that's kind of where my mindset was. I was like, all right, I'll take the screenwriting avenue to be able to fulfill my acting, you know, dreams or whatever, instead of trying to go be in a room with a hundred blonde girls, um, you know, auditioning for years and not getting anywhere. So that was kind of, I tried to, I started, I leaned into screenwriting when I first got to LA even though I always thought I was being into acting first. Yeah. It's, I couldn't even imagine going in and auditioning. Like, I'm right there with you. I would be shitting my pants. I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's so – It's I yeah. again, I can't even stand yeah. really being in front of people. But I'm curious because I know, like, obviously YouTube, Vine, now Insta Stories, TikTok, you have all these different, like – platforms and you've used them all I'm sure what platform like what do you love and what do you hate or about those platforms um oh gosh it changes I'll say it I'll say one thing today I'm sure I'll think differently in a month but um with YouTube you know I started to do YouTube but I did like unscripted stuff on YouTube because uh yeah I think it's really hard to do sketch, to do scripted stuff on YouTube. What has worked really well on YouTube is personality driven, unscripted content. And so I kind of pivoted away from YouTube to find a place where, and you know, with Vine, it's like six second comedy. And I always was just like, that wasn't enough for me. Um, I never, I dabbled in Vine really at the end, really late. And it turned really, once Instagram started allowing videos, I started doing, I started putting my like scripted 60 second sketches on Instagram and then Facebook just as a place to put it. Um, and I, I, I just found that sketches or like scripted skits or whatever, the, the, the shareability on Instagram is face and Facebook is what makes those pop off. I don't feel like YouTube people aren't necessarily like sharing YouTube videos the same way. And it's the shareability of my stuff that I, is what has made it something that I could do more often. It's like, if my stuff doesn't get shared, nobody's going to watch it. <laughs> um, so like, but then obviously TikTok is just a different game and people are so creative on there. So like I was really into TikTok when quarantine started 
And then this stuff started blowing up on Facebook. These like breathalyzer videos started blowing up on Facebook. And so I pivoted again and really leaned into the breathalyzer stuff on Facebook and Instagram and haven't touched my TikTok. But then in a month I could like hate Facebook again. You know, it just like, I go where, I go where the success goes. So if the views are on Facebook, I'll go there. If views are on TikTok, I'll go there. I did a deep dive into your Facebook because you have so many videos and I'm on your Instagram, like trying to sort through IGTVs and all the videos. And I'm like, there's gotta be a better place. So I went to Facebook. Holy cow. You have a lot of content. I went all the way back to the Pokemon go. Oh no. (laughs) Where it's just you and the other girl trading pickup lines. I mean, where do you come up with ideas like this? (laughs) Wow. Well, when I started, so that girl, the girl in that video, her name is Sarah Croce. She and I started at Fox Digital at the same time. And at Fox Digital, they were like, hey, we were like the only girls in the office, sort of. And they were like, we need a YouTube is popping off. This was like 2012. They're like, why don't you guys make a show? Whatever. We don't care. And so we were like, okay, can we like drink and just record it and get eight episodes? They're like, we don't care. Sure. So we started doing this show called calling in drunk. Um, we did like eight seasons of it and we literally would like have a topic for every episode that was very like, cause she's a lesbian and I was a straight girl and I was, um, single when it started. So we would talk about relationships and how it's different for both of us. So that, is, and she's hilarious. And so we started our internet kind of video career at the same time stop doing the drinking thing for a little bit. Clearly I'm back into it, but stop doing that to favor more scripted stuff with her. And so we would, you know, get together on a Sunday and try to write four quick little sketches. Um, the Pokemon pickup line, Pokemon, Pokemon was hot a couple years ago. Remember like it came back. It did have a comeback at one moment. (laughs) When people were like walking into the middle of the street, trying to get Pokemon. I'm like, what are we doing here? God, what a decade. Um, so that was like, that was us trying to be topical and still be true to what our chemistry together was, which was still this like relationship based girl talk type of thing. And that's, um, I stopped doing that to start doing, I finally convinced my husband to, to do videos with me. And then that's what has really taken off or re re like ignited my, my scripted stuff is the like our relationship humor, which is just based on stupid stuff that happens in our day to day. And we're like, that's a video right there. You suck at doing, you don't even know how to work the laundry machine, but that's a video. <laughs> that's honestly, I feel like you kind of found, I mean, everyone can relate to their partner, like those types of video, the folding of the laundry and just yeah. all these different things. <laughs> I mean, did you have to convince your husband to do it? Or was he like, yeah. no, let's do it? Uh, I guess that's a good question. I, he's very nervous about his acting ability. And so I think it took, you know, he's he's not a diva. I won't say he's a diva, but he needs a scene partner. And so, you know, when I film, I'm the camera person. So I'll just roll a camera. This is how everyone does it. You know, in the YouTube world is you're a one-man production studio. So I would shoot my part. He's not even in the room. I would shoot my part. And then I'd be like, all right, Sean, come in. Let's shoot your part. Uh, And I have to like, look at the camera. And he's like, no, I need you to, I need you to run the lines with me. I can't just talk to the wall like you can. So I'm like, all right. And then he's like, did I I do okay? Was I funny? 
I'm like, yes, you're hilarious. Let's, you know, it's like, it, it just took, he was just really insecure. He's not, doesn't come from acting. He's worked yeah. in marketing. I was dying because I literally have to bribe my husband with like gifts just to take my Instagram photos, let yeah. alone have yeah. him on camera. But I was showing my husband your fireball shot one last night. Oh God. And he's like, this is the kind of video that I could be in. When your husband comes in with like the blow up fireball thing and you guys are like, that yeah. was hilarious. Or the, I very much related to the, my husband dated other girls before me video. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's, yeah, that was literally because I found a black hair tie. I mean, I'm not, I'm not actually jealous, but I was like, Sean, where did this black hair tie come from? Because my hair is blonde. I don't wear black hair ties. And he literally was like, I don't know, maybe it's some dude with a man bun. And so I've always had that like conversation in my head. And I was like, I can turn this into a video. It's definitely your, like, the relatability. That's honestly, I mean, so many of the videos, it's like, you're speaking my mind, but we're just, (laughs) our conversations are not as funny. Like, right. Yeah. I'm not as funny to make the video of the conversations that you're having. (laughs) Well, for sure. And our conversations aren't necessarily funny. I then can, like, exaggerate it um, and make it, like, a more lighthearted, especially the breathalyzer stuff. I mean, you should see the footage that doesn't make it in the video because it is takes me like two days to make that video entertaining. It is just like, I feel bad for my husband. I'm sure I'm just the most annoying. It's the most annoying series I've ever done. It's just getting drunk in the kitchen. How long, so when you make a video, like your rosé one or your, you know, tequila or fireball when you're breathalyzing and it's taking, you're waiting 15 minutes. So you're recording for a period of, you know, an hour and a half sometimes. How long then does it take you to edit that to give us the four minute video? So I, um, I don't roll the whole time. I will, I will just kind of film when I'm drinking, uh, try to get some funny, what I think in the, at the moment is funny, which half the time, trust me, not try to get some like funny commentary. And then I stop rolling and sit and just wait for the 15 minutes to go by. Um, but the drunker I get, the funnier I think I am, which in turn means that I should film more. And I literally, like that rosé video, I almost didn't, I was sitting there in the footage. It was, it's the most footage I've ever filmed. I just thought I was hysterical. I would film for eight minutes talking to the camera. No one's in the room. And I'm just talking to the camera about what? I don't know, but I, thought I was so funny and I sit down to edit and I'm like oh my god I can't use any of this footage how am I gonna make this video this is garbage I'm gonna have to redo it I honestly almost trashed that one that one took me the longest to film or to edit that one took me like two days to get all the footage down wow most of the time I can get a I can get a decent cut in a just a day what's your favorite video that you've created or like your favorite type to create Oh man. Again, that's another question that like changes every month. I really, I like doing the scripted stuff because it feels like a nice calling card. Um, but I will say when I do a scripted thing, I have, I spend a day or a half day writing. It It takes me way longer to film. Um, the, this personality breathalyzer stuff is off the cuff. If anything, it's just the hangover that takes the longest, but like, (laughs) 
<laughs> right now, the breathalyzer videos are my favorite because they're they're the easiest and it's like low effort, maximum results at right. the, in this moment. Oh man, like I miss Jennifer I'm... Aniston reposting you. Wait, wait, I miss that. Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I feel like I missed it. I uh, it was like the craziest thing that has ever happened. Like, it's not like everyone was sharing it and then she saw it. It's not like BuzzFeed shared it. Like, I don't even know where she got it. I literally, she trolling the Explore page? Like, how did she find my video? I will never know. And I, I when it happened, so like, I was, I was shooting something else and I started getting all these alerts on my phone. People being like, you're in, you're in Jennifer Aniston's Instagram story. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I go to look at her Instagram story and I'm like, it's been up for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, my husband comes in the bedroom. He's like, what's wrong? And I was just like, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston just shared my story. And then I was like, okay, it's a binge drinking video. Someone, her PR, someone's going to contact her and be like, take that down. You can't have that on the internet. So 15 minutes later, she took it down to put it back up and say, watch till the end and tap here. Like she added a CTA. I was just like, this is the weirdest thing. She's somehow related. She like somehow fully related to that, to that video. That's a video that I almost like almost didn't edit. I thought was going to be trash. Yeah. It that just proves wild. that celebrities are just like us, guys. She's sitting in quarantine, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> if it wasn't for quarantine, A, I don't think people would be as into these ideas because these particular videos are such a good quarantine activity for people to try at home. So if it wasn't for quarantine, I'd never make these videos. And if it wasn't for quarantine, Jennifer Aniston certainly wouldn't have the time to watch my video, let alone repost it. Right. So for some people, quarantine, I mean, have you you've seen have you seen major growth in quarantine alone? Oh yeah. Well prior to Jen. That's what <laughs> you know, yeah. we're friends. That's what the friends call down. her. <laughs> yeah. Uh prior to that, I was on the uptick. Um and it all stemmed from Facebook. Like this is these breathalyzer videos because I think they're personality-based and not scripted, I'm not playing a character, it has resulted in people wanting to follow me more than anything else I've ever done. And like seeking me out on Instagram to follow me there. Like my Facebook, when I started quarantine, I think my Facebook had 40,000 followers and now it has like 220,000, which is a big growth for like having done this forever and had like no growth. So. That's huge, especially yeah. coming from Facebook, because I feel like a lot of people would complain that Facebook growth is hard. Yeah. Or that, yeah, like most people, I think my age or, or younger are like, what? People are on Facebook. And it's like, like, there is a large demo of like people similar to me in a relationship or able to drink, right? They're, they're not, they're above 21. Those people are watching and consuming videos on Facebook. Right. And it's like the younger generation doesn't understand that because they're consuming videos on TikTok and, and YouTube still. And um, yeah. yeah, Facebook coming in hot right now. <laughs> Who would have thought? I don't know. So how have how has White Claw not sponsored you yet? 
I feel like uh, that is a sponsorship that should like already be happening. You well, both you have the best a seltzer. <laughs> well, there's a couple things at play. Have do you guys know who Trevor Wallace is? Oh, okay. When we hang up, you need to go watch the video he put out a year, like a, over a year ago. That was like dudes who drink white claw or something. Um, and it, and it, so that I think he put white claw on the map for a lot of guys. And then he's the one who's, have you heard the phrase ain't no laws when you're drinking claws? He, <laughs> he originated that and in this video. And so he started making merch that said, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. And they sent him a cease and desist letter. So he had to stop making his merch. And now a bunch of like sellers on Amazon make that, make that low slogan. But that blew my mind that they were like, uh, this guy, like literally, I think his video maybe got like 50 million views and like, like White Claw probably owes a lot of sales to him for last summer. And they were like distancing themselves from him. And then I saw a commercial. If you've ever seen a White Claw commercial, it is like not at all the types of people who drink White Claw. Right. It's like pure. Oh, <laughs> yes. The ocean. We're in the Hamptons. We love seltzer. It's like, you know who drinks your stuff? Because literally. I, like, so I feel like they have very much distanced themselves from any memes or party like binge drinking or you know right uh, it's just hilarious but they actively ignore me wow you would think especially in this day and age influencer marketing is so huge I mean getting like a cute blonde girl who's doing a viral video like that's absolutely your market it's like they're into they're they're in denial. They're yeah. Not like I mean, granted, my sixty five year old mom drinks white claw and thinks she's like very cool drinking her mango white claw. But I'm like, that is not your typical demo. <laughs> like, come on. Right. like, yeah, so interesting. Well, okay, yeah, they to- are losing out. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what are they losing out? Because I keep making. They're not paying me, and I keep. They're saving money. Ugh, but but it's so win win for me because. People want to consume the white claw content, so I benefit yeah. anyway. But yeah, it's like, why would they pay me? I'm not going to stop making it, you know. Well, sometimes I just don't get. I just don't get it. I'm like, I'll never get that one. I know. So I want to talk kind of sponsorships in general. So sure. that's a big thing. Like Instagram, everyone wants to talk sponsored. Like, am I getting a real pitch or am I getting a sponsored pitch? But I'm kind of interested, like, when did you start seeing, at what point in your growth or video content, did you start seeing a growth in sponsorships? And, like, for instance, Whitney and I were just talking about your citrus one. Like, that probably took you a ton of time. Like, what are you looking at for time spent versus value of these sponsorships? Like, what is that? What does the whole sponsorship game look like for you? Well, um, so... Oh, a little over like a year and a half ago, I started leaning into IGTV. And right at the time that I did, I swear, and Instagram will never admit to this, but I swear Instagram was like turned on the faucet for anyone who was publishing IGTV videos. So like if this started for me, February, 2019, I uploaded my first IGTV video and it got a million views. 
And fr- and then it was like pretty much consistent for like two or three months. If I put a video on IGTV, it was guaranteed a million views. And then they turned that faucet off once it got like really saturated, probably last like June. Um, but it had given me enough kind of ammo to be able to, when brands come to me, to be able to say, Hey, you know, so that's, so my big thing has always been like, I feel like I can make you a video. Anyone can make, anyone can take a photo for you or do an Instagram story, but I can write a scripted organically integrated sketch video that has the potential to reach way more people than a static photo does for my account. Um, Cause those videos, videos show up on the explore page, Jen, Jen, you know, finds them. So that was just my argument. So a, last year, about a year and a half ago is when I was able to be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to make you a video. So that already costs more. And so I was able to justify asking for a bigger uh, number than a static image. Um, and then brands were really receptive to that, I think, because they, not a lot of people were no, we're making IGTV or, or we're making videos for them. Um, but now I don't know. It's weird. Like right now, well, the sumo citrus thing, I mean, gosh, that's a, they were such a cool brand where they were just like, I was like, Hey, I have this idea and here's the title. Are you good with this? Cause you're a fruit company and I'm going to like joke about fruit. Are we okay with it? And they were just like, yeah, whatever you think is best. Um, yeah. So that was awesome same like hum kombucha same thing i was like i'm good i'm like kind of making fun of the health you know girls who love to just jump on trends are we okay with this and it you know it's it was in a good light and they loved it as well so uh i've just always tried to like if i'm gonna make a video i want it to be a video that would do well on its own if it wasn't a branded video yeah i just i don't think i still think i know that people have kind of jumped on the bandwagon for IGTV and video, but I still think for some reason it's it's quite untapped. Like, I don't think that mm-hmm. bloggers or certain, like, I mean, we're bloggers, even podcasters, I don't feel like they take full advantage. We kind of just had this conversation about really taking advantage and using the IGTV YouTube aspect. I still feel like we're going to see more and more growth in what you do in the next couple of years. The way maybe blogging was, you know, back in 2010. So we're trying to kind of jump on the bandwagon. We're a little late, but like we're trying to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, if you do it now, then in six months, you won't be really late. You know what I mean? So it's just like, we're always late to get on, but the longer you wait, even later you are. Except with Vine. It was way too late with Vine. Like it was like, I started an account and they were like, we're closing down. Like, Cool. <laughs> Is there any video that you regret doing? Oh, so many. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's tough. You know, my sense of humor has definitely evolved to be very brand and monetizable friendly. And, you know, I I made a video on Facebook um, I, I thought it was PG, clean. I, like, don't swear in my videos 
uh, I'll bleep it. I don't even want to deal. With, I don't want to give Facebook an excuse to demonetize a video for me. But I had a video um, with my dog and I filmed him like pooping in the yard and I like blurred, I pixelated it and it was in the distance. I like pixelated it and they demonetized that. So it's like, they're so sensitive that I have, I'm a, I'm a sellout in that sense. I've like, so yes, long story long back in my first old YouTube days, you know, this was when bridesmaid was hot and Amy Schumer was hot and girls speaking vulgarly about sex was innovative and like, like liberating or, or whatever. And I was really into that. Um, looking back, I'm like, Oh God, I said a lot of like vulgar stuff that I hope nobody finds. Yeah. Uh, especially not brands, you know? I think that's a great tip, like, because, I mean, you really do, at the end of the day, you know, you want to stay authentic to yourself, but if you're trying to make it a business, you're trying to make it a business, and it is your brand, so all those things, I mean, we live in this type of world, people can find anything, so I think that's a great Mm -hmm. tip for people who are either, you know, wanting to start a YouTube channel or a podcast, whatever, you know, eventually, it all can kind of come back around, so... Just thinking about what you're putting out there, you know, taking that time, that extra second to think about it. I think it's worth it. Totally. Yeah, I definitely I agree with you, like as far as, you know, being authentic. I've just it's it's actually really interesting. And I had this epiphany when I went and saw Finding Dory um, (laughs) because I laughed. This came out, what, five years ago or something, maybe six years ago. I laughed my butt off watching Finding Dory. And this is a kid's movie. And I was like, oh, my God you could be funny without swearing. And I had this moment of like, all right, I don't, I still want to be funny and I want to be entertaining. And I want to be myself, but I don't need curse, you know, swear words, or I don't need to be vulgar for, for shock value. It was so, yeah, yeah such a weird come to Jesus moment and finding Dory. But yeah, <laughs> but, I think it's, it, I feel authentic still. I've just yeah. had to find a new creative way, not leaning on this crutch of just being vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. Yeah. I appreciate it because we we grew up like in a con- very conservative like how we grew up going to a Christian school and stuff and so and I know there are a lot of different like you know re- very religious girls or religions that don't want to hear swearing but they still want to mm-hmm. see your type of content and they still find it so funny so I think you're so smart like honestly I'd love this conversation because I'm like you're so smart more yeah. people <laughs> need to jump on this bandwagon I I was going back to your old Instagram posts and I was like my captions, like when my captions had swear words in them, like F bombs, like back in the day. And I'm just like, oh my God, who was I? Like it, it, it's, I'm so sensitive to it now, but uh, like seven, six years ago, whatever it was, I was like, I didn't know how else to be funny. And I'm glad I'm evolved. It just, I don't know. Like if you like swearing and if you don't like swearing, you're both going to enjoy a piece of comedy if it's funny right but if you don't like swearing and things that are vulgar you're not only one of you is going to like that piece of content if it's vulgar you know what I mean I think it's finding that you're more creative and you're more funny because it's easy to create quick shock value by being super vulgar and dropping swear words but to create content that like you said people who like that and people who don't both agree on that's way harder yeah like 
I feel like a lot of dudes struggle with that in comedy because they're like, I just have to swear and talk about my you know what, and that'll make me yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. So what's your next challenge? What's what's the next like thing you're trying to conquer like in your realm of what you do? Oh boy, you sound like my mom. Um <laughs> Honey, what are you trying to conquer? How are you expanding? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make it through. Um you know, I had kind of set like a milestone for myself. I was like, all right, if I get to this amount of followers, someone will take me serious and someone will want to buy a script and give me a show. And then now I'm like, well, maybe if I got to this amount of followers, people would take me more serious. Um, and so I think I have a long-term goal, which is to like sell a, sell a show. Uh, I kind of wanted to lean into relationship comedy. So I think it would be freaking awesome if people were like, oh yeah, we know we have this girl. She's a writer. She's a comedian. Um, and she is like the relationship comedy, you know, queen that everyone relates to. We should, we should see if she, she has a show she wants to pitch us or like, that's kind of the name I want to make myself is like, I want to be the go-to. Well, right now I think I'm the go-to person for like breathalyzer advice. Um, but I, that's kind of the long-term goal is like, can I use this internet fame? I'm not even there yet, but can I use what I've accomplished on the internet and parlay it into a bigger source of income? Um, but right, like in the immediate future, I'm just like trying to figure out which alcohol I should test next, you know? Uh, and like plan my hangover accordingly. I'm I mean, it's like a... <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm I was gonna say I'm, I'm gonna ride that. I'm gonna beat that horse to death. Like I'm gonna do oh, it cool. until people stop wanting to watch it. I'll keep doing it. And I don't think people are gonna want to stop watching it because they're freaking hilarious. So keep doing that. I'm kind of curious. We kind of chatted about this when we were emailing back and forth, but we're in this kind of interesting period, coronavirus and everything going on in the last, you know, two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know kind of your thoughts and you play such a big role in comedy. And this week on this last week on TGL, we had on Andrea Lopez and our goal was to really bring light and laughter to a week, two weeks, three weeks that have been really hard and dark for the whole country. And so I'm kind of curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? And, and kind of how you curate videos moving forward in this time where people are trying to figure out what does a new normal look like? What does our old normal look like and how do we modify that? And so I'm just kind of interested to hear your thoughts on like how you move forward with your type of comedy right now. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, you know, I just want to be as like sensitive as possible and I haven't posted I was, you know, for a while I was trying to do one of these breath or like alcohol related videos a week. And I've kind of taken some time off just because, I mean, I want to make people laugh and I, and that's important, but I just wanted to be sensitive to the issues. And I, the last thing I want is for people to see me going back to normal and thinking that that's me saying, Hey, everybody go back to normal, forget all this progress we've made or, or forget everything that happened in the last two weeks. Cause Lauren put up a breathalyzer video. So she's saying 
that we're all good to get back to normal. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, it is tough. It's tough. Cause like, I don't want, you know, a, I know that I have a small following that I can reach with a message. So on one hand, I like really wanted to make sure that I said something. Um, and then on the other hand, I don't, I don't like posting sad, negative things all the time. And so I was really struggling to find anything to post about this movement that wasn't just because so much bad stuff is happening. So I just decided to stop posting in my stories altogether because it was just really like, I didn't think I was adding anything to the conversation by posting it. And it was bumming me out. I mean, I just thought that every, like we should be sad. We should have take this very serious. I guess I just felt like I'd rather just not say anything until it was time. Yeah. Um, I'm still, still not there. It just feels weird because my content is like, it's comedy, but it's like, it feels weird to go back to like, start putting up like, Oh, watch me get drunk in a video, everybody. Like it just, if it was a different type of comedy, maybe I would, it'd be easier to get back into. I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really great that you have taken that time and all of us have just like, that's kind of what I did. I did the same thing because for me, like, I, I'm so, I'm a really anxious soul. So like all the content that was being put out there made it worse for like, it was so much for me. And so I think like even just stepping back and just taking time for yourself to like evaluate that's, you know, that's, that's right for you. You know, it's doing what's right for you. And I think at some point we will get back and hopefully, um, like we can get back, but we can see change and progress, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just such a like time thing. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. And I think it. Lauren, it's, I think your honesty and just like your transparency of all of that is like, all like totally makes you more authentic because I think everyone is kind of struggling with that. It's like, how do I get back to not get back to, but create content moving forward that saves space for this and like respects yeah. what's going on. But also like, know that people like we still have to move forward and what that looks like. And I think like your honesty in that is like, we'll, we'll shine through in videos. Like people know you, you know, and people yeah. know, like, I don't know. I think the way you said it is very eloquent and very just honest. And I think that's how a lot of people right now who are content creators are feeling as well. Yeah. It's, it's important too, that like, I think it's unfortunate that we get so caught up in what, everyone thinks of your you at all times and so part of it is I don't want to seem insensitive the other part is I don't want to send the message that I'm over it and but then it's like you know I saw a meme going around that was like okay great you posted now what go put your phone down go do the things that no one is gonna applaud you for like for me I feel like there is so much that I can do outside of social media. And it's like, I don't want to have to post about it just to prove that I am doing it. We shouldn't have to post about it to, to make it. That's the only reason you do it. What to post about it? No, like you should be doing it anyway. So I I just want to figure out 
how to like tell people. I think that's what I'll do. I'll just tell people like, Hey, if you see me start posting comedy again, just know that I am not saying it's over. We did it. I am doing things that you're not seeing. And I encourage everyone to, you know, take it off of social media. Like, Put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. Girl, absolutely. You are, you are like like we are like right here. Cause that's <laughs> I honestly like I feel like it can it's a really good feel good to post something on social media and can make you feel good. But like I'm all about policy. Pol- maybe it's like part of my other degree, like policy change. If you want it, we gotta pol- you know, we gotta do, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> come on, people. Yeah. So I love it. You have such a good heart. You can like hundred percent tell and you are hilarious. And where can people find you and stalk you in a good way? Um, tell us your social media where we can find you. I uh, really thought you were going to say social security number. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. That too. We're going to ask for that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, I would say if Instagram is where you like to follow your people, I'm there. L-O-R-Y-N-P-O-W-E-L-L. And uh, if you're a Facebook person, I'm there too. I think the, if you like, you know, the Facebook cuts tend to be longer. So the my Facebook audience or whatever gets a little bit more than my Instagram audience gets. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's just my name everywhere. And we'll spam you. So all of our listeners will get full access to you everywhere. So it's awesome. thank you for joining us today, telling us all your secrets and sharing all your video tips. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.